Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. TCK Potters, happy Thursday. Sky and Daniel back with you previewing the week four games and their fantasy implications. As always, make sure to email us your fantasy questions to our new email address, tckpod at gmail.com. That's tckpod at gmail.com. Or shoot us a DM on the Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag tckpod. As always, we've got a lot to get into, so let's go. this guy right here where you have a man-to-man right here you see he gets penetration right there you know when you run away from him he's gonna run you down he's one of those guys who will get penetration yeah, he not only rambled but he rumbled and stumbled that's when you want a medicine back stuff get that back his hands are so big and strong in fact they get penetration on both sides there's two footballs on the field and then when they wear their powder blue uniform, oh, man, that is it. I mean, how can you lose a guy six foot five at 305 pounds? When a center goes to block you like that, you can't punch him. Daniel, how we doing, brother? Glad to be back after a week away. Uh, sadly, grad student duties uh, rang the bell, and no one has uh, decided I'm good enough at this fantasy stuff to offer me actual money to do it. So sadly, I had to <laughs> tend to some other things. But uh, good to be back. Good to be back uh, talking about week four. 
Excellent, man. Well, let's dive right into it. Uh, we're just going to cruise through our games here and um, let you all know how we think the uh, the fantasy implications will will be going. Um, and just a, uh, you know, right off the bat, I'm just going to put a, a disclaimer here that I didn't think anybody saw the uh, Vikings offense getting stifled the way that it did um, last week. Uh, but uh, we got the, the, the Vikings and the Rams tonight, starting the week off on Thursday night football what do you think about this week man this might be a slugfest this could be a shootout how are we going to do that on this one i think i think uh, both offenses on this one i mean i think you know there's both teams have have sort of historically great defenses but they're also banged up quite a bit um so so i'm i'm uh really liking both offenses um, I will say I'll go ahead and just kind of cover my thoughts on some of the Rams key play, or excuse me, I was going to cover some of the Vikings key players, and then maybe you can talk about the Rams. But um, I would say, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, Kyle Rudolph, will definitely deploy them. Uh, I don't think anything too remarkable to discuss about them. Um, I will say that you should make extra, if you, you're probably going to do this already, but you should make extra double, triple shore to make sure you have the Vikings' main wide receivers in your lineup this week, both Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Thielen's had at least 12 targets in each of his first three games, uh, more looks than Diggs um, in two of them while matching him in the other, in the other, uh, the third game. Um, and he's, uh, I think, going to get a huge bump in production this week from injuries to both of the Rams' key corners, uh, Marcus Peters and Akeem uh, Tlaib. Uh, so he's definitely somebody I'd get in there. Stephon Diggs, uh, same thing. This was shaping up to be a, kind of a rough matchup. He was just eaten up quite badly by Tredavious White uh, a week ago. But again, with both corners sidelined, uh, I would definitely give Diggs a go this week as well. Um, in terms of concerns, uh, I would definitely say Dalvin Cook. So, uh, he, he may not play again and due to a hamstring injury. All indications are that it's looking like he might be able to give it a go. Uh, but even if he does play coming off a hamstring injury, um, just in general, uh, the Vikings have had a, a tough time this year running the ball at all, even on way, against way worse defenses than the Rams. Uh, so I would, uh, I would be very concerned about Dalvin cook this week. Obviously if he plays, it's hard not to put him in there. Um, and he has had at least 50 yards receiving in each of his two games that he's played. So he might have at least a decent floor there. Um, but he's definitely somebody I'm, I'm concerned about uh, this week. Yeah, fair enough. And I mentioned uh, on the Tuesday episode that the uh, bills had uh, held the Vikings to, I believe it was six rushes for 12 yards. Um, right. Yeah, that's busy. pretty incredible. So everybody that started Latavius Murray in, in place of uh, Dalvin Cook for DFS lineups um, got smoked. Uh, I actually started him and yep. I ended up pulling away with uh, with the W anyway. Um, but yikes, that was uh, that was rough. Um, luckily, he was used a little bit in the passing game, but I don't think anyone saw that coming <clears throat> on the Rams side. Uh, again, usual suspects, uh, certainly Todd Gurley. Um, although, you know, not much to say about Gurley himself. I just want to mention really quick that Malcolm Brown, uh, the backup running back for, for uh, the Rams, so far on the season has 18 carries for 93 yards, um, which is not shabby. Uh, so, they, you know, they definitely spell Gurley to get him rest. I noticed actually watching the game last week against uh, the Chargers, um, that Gurley did come off the field for a, like a whole series, you know, and uh, Malcolm Brown was running very well when he was in there. So just, uh, you know, something to note. Um, Jared Goff, of course, uh, you know, has been playing out of his mind, uh, but I think maybe you can chime in here. Uh, we were just talking off of, off of the pod that you weren't necessarily a Goff believer. I think I'm with you. Um, I think this is a product of, of the, uh, 
Rams offense and their opponents so far. I think the uh, Vikings are have a much better defense. So I'm not really on Goff, but uh, at this point you may not have a, another decision. Um, and then all three receivers, I think, have their own things. Um, you and I both had some hate for uh, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, but uh, so far so good, man. Um, they, you know, Robert Woods and, and Brandon Cooks both have 19 catches on the season. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're looking good there. So Brandon Cooks is the only receiver yet to have a touchdown for the Rams. But um, Cooper Cup looks good. Uh, you know, the Rams are, are getting fired up, I'm sure. So you can do that. And what do you think about the defenses in this game? Do you want to play both of them or do you want to sit both of them? Ah, man. I mean, I think it's hard. I don't I think it's hard to say to with both of those defenses, given how much talent that they they have on their roster still. Um, it's hard to say, you know, just just. Uh, bench them um i think i think you give the rams defense a, a long look um i think even with their corners uh out i think they still po- you know end up with a, a fairly fearsome uh front line i think at the very least they they're gonna have sh- uh, a chance of shunt- shutting down uh minnesota's running game um and just in general i expect them to win the contest overall um I don't know if you if you play Minnesota this week. To be perfectly honest, uh, Minnesota, uh, 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 Saint, uh, the Rams' offense has been firing on all cylinders, and and Minnesota has some has some of their own injury woes uh, and things along those lines. So uh, so I would I would potentially stay away from Minnesota in this one. Uh, definitely would think about still firing up the Rams though. Fair enough. And also Minnesota has a couple of uh, defensive injuries as well. Yes. Um, and yes. The, the, yeah, I know you covered a lot of this in, in uh, yesterday's episode with the news and notes, but um, there's also some hobbling DBs for the Rams. Yeah. Um, although their backups are pretty solid, but man, there's a lot going on in this game that has to do with fantasy. So I just really encourage uh, listeners to make sure you're paying attention Friday, Saturday, and, and Sunday morning to see who's actually suiting up for these two defenses um, because, you know, these defenses are amazing when they're healthy, but they could, they could have a, a chink in the armor, I guess. So, um, yep. okay. Moving on. Uh, Cincinnati heads into Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Yeah. Another uh, kind of a game that's shaping up to be something of a shootout. I would fire up pretty much everybody involved in both of these offenses. Um, I'll go ahead and take the, uh, the bungles. Uh, I guess we can't really call the Bungles anymore because they're pretty pretty darn impressive. Um, but yeah, I would I would be firing everybody in this offense. Uh, Andy Dalton's had multiple touchdowns in each of his first three games. Um, he's uh, uh, he threw a bunch of picks last week, but in general, um, he's thrown just a ton of passes overall. Um, and uh, and uh, Atlanta just lost their third defensive starter for the season, um, so Atlanta's defense is really banged up. Um, and so I'd be firing up on Dalton uh, at quarterback as a QB one this week. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I, I think potentially uh, could could come back down to earth a little bit. Um, but Green uh, is injured or either doesn't play plays uh, at less than full strength. Uh, it's potential that he could be another uh, amazing target to throw in there. Tyler Eifert uh, has uh, is, is kind of growing his role in opportunity week, and he's been. Uh, you know, sort of increasingly kind of making his presence felt again in general has, has allowed a top 12 tight end in two of their three opening games. Um, the guys that I really love this week though, for Cincinnati are Gio Bernard and AJ green. Um, Bernard handled 92% of Cincinnati's rushing attempts last week and has uh, plenty of pass, pass catching prowess as well against again, a really bad defense. 
Um, particularly, they've given up a ton of receptions to, to lead running backs. Um, and A.J. Green, of course, is just a beast. Monitor his health this week. He left last week's game with a groin injury. But if he goes, he's going to be going against an Atlanta defense that just absolutely got shredded by Michael Thomas last week and even got beat pretty badly by Devin Funches the week before. So, um, so definitely uh, everybody pretty much in that offense, you can go ahead and stick out there. Right. And it, and it looks like, uh, you know, Marvin Lewis said that uh, he was, quote, very optimistic, end quote, about A.J. Green, um, you know, playing uh, week four. So he, he looks good to go. But, you know, I think last week, uh, quickly to, to derail, I guess, um, sure. Leonard Fournette, uh, Saturday night, you know, we all go, go to bed waiting for Christmas morning. And Leonard Fournette is in a ton of lineups. And Sunday morning, right before the game, he was a scratch. So right. it's, it's very, very important that you wake up 15, 20, 30 minutes early <laughs> and check your lineups quick, you know, follow ESPN, CBA world, whatever, whatever you do, check a podcast, Instagram, whatever you got to do and, and listen to your people and figure out who's in what lineups and stuff, because there are every once in a while a last minute scratch. And, and this, you know, AJ Green could be one of those games. I don't think he will. I think he will play. Uh, the Bengals certainly need him to play um, against Atlanta, but uh, just, you know, keep an eye, keep an eye on AJ Green. Um, as for the Falcons, um, you're firing up Julio Jones. Uh, you're playing Matt Ryan. He's, he's crushing it right now. Um, seven touchdowns, only two interceptions, almost 900 yards already on the season. Uh, you have to play Tevin Coleman pretty much, um, although he hasn't been what we kind of thought he was going to be as the lone back there uh, in Devonta Freeman's absence. And Devonta Freeman should be missing another game or two, correct? Uh, yes, as I understand it, he's, uh, Tevin Coleman is the guy you want to fire up this week and probably next too. Right. Okay. And then um, Calvin Ridley, of course, uh, we can't get out of this episode without talking about the emergence of Calvin Ridley, um, which, you know, I think we can all agree that uh, we shouldn't be expecting seven catches, 146 and three touchdowns weekly. However, it is important to note if you flash back the clock a handful of years, uh, Roddy White and Julio Jones certainly did work together as a, as a tandem um, in this offense. So it is certainly possible. And Julio Jones is going to get the number one cornerback and probably the number one safety most games, which means Calvin Ridley, although a rookie, certainly a polished receiver. And many were saying that he was the most NFL ready receiver coming into the league or NFL ready receiver coming into the league. Um, that he is uh, going to be getting, you know, lesser coverage. And we saw last week that he was absolutely shredded, as you mentioned. And then Marshawn Lattimore, who's the number one quarterback for the Saints, moved over to cover Ridley. And on that play, um, Matt Ryan hit <laughs> Julio Jones deep for a 50-plus yard bomb. So right, they're, they're, right. Definitely, they're definitely coming at you at all angles. So um, I'm, I'm all about Calvin Ridley, personally. I, I think he's excellent, and uh, I'm, I'm firing him up. Austin Hooper – Eh, you know, I mean, the, the tight end position, you're kind of, you know, grasping at straws, um, but he's good for, you know, three catches, 20 yards. If you're in a PPR league, five, six points is, is actually <laughs> pretty solid at the tight end position. So yep. you can go, you can go that direction. Um, moving forward, we have the Bills coming off of a massive win against Minnesota facing the Packers in Lambeau Field. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, we could have a lot to say about if we wanted to, um, I think it's a little too early to get get overly excited about their prospects against, uh, uh, I would say, a pretty hungry uh, gangrene over here. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of 
Green Bay. I would be going firing pretty much on all cylinders for a lot of their offense. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I know he hasn't uh, been himself the last couple of weeks playing injured against, uh, I, you know, it's worth noting that he's been playing against two of the better pass defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, now I understand that last week, uh, you know, didn't kind of, screwed up everyone's predictions about what teams could do against the Bills. But I think it's important to remember that they still rank 18th in passing yardage allowed per game to quarterbacks and 21st in points allowed per pass attempt. Um, so I would be Aaron Rodgers this week. If I had him on um, any of my teams, I'd be firing him up there. I would say the same thing for uh, two of his key targets, Devonte Adams, who's quietly been held under, under, under 100 yards in 19 of his past 20 games played. He's going to have a tough matchup this week with Tredavious White the boundary but i think uh he has been a touchdown machine um and he's been he's historically done quite well in each of his two past matchups against really difficult individual cornerbacks so i think he's somebody uh that i would be safely uh excited about playing this week and then finally uh i would make a strong play for jimmy graham he did come up a little bit on the injury report today uh he didn't practice with a potential knee issue so monitor that uh, but he has potential to, for this to be the, the maybe the best game of his season against a Bills defense that has tight ends uh, so far this season. So definitely be be sticking with Jimmy Graham. Uh, a couple one thing of concern with the with the Packers from a fantasy fantasy perspective is situation. Um, I'm just worried about this committee right now. Aaron Jones is the man, uh, Skyler. I know you're you're huge fan of Aaron Jones as well. It's coming. It's coming. Incredibly explosive in his first game back. He had like seven yards per carry. He's a beast. But I don't think he's necessarily just won that job all out yet. Um, and so just for, he's definitely hang on, ride with him, ride with that, that running back situation. But I think this week I would be a little bit concerned um, deploying any of their running backs other than kind of a dart at a flex spot. Um, if you really, if you kind of play in a deep league or you, or you um, want to take a flyer on potentially kind of high-risk, high-reward player, you can take a chance on Geronimo Allison, who has been quite impressive this year. He's had at least 12 points in each of his three games, but his target share has gone down each game uh, from 21.6 in game one to 14.3% in game two to 8.9% in game three. So he has a potential uh, situation going on, but he also might be one of those guys who can just shred a defense and, and uh, give you some high upside. So uh, potential kind of deep league swing uh, in Geronimo Allison as well. Yeah, it's a, that's a good call. And I've been really liking Geronimo Allison, man. I've been, I've been firing yeah. him up out of necessity and some deep player. flex. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's awesome. I, I grabbed him at the end of my uh, drafts and in, in almost every league, the only one I didn't get him in was our, uh, listener league, I think, because Curly sniped him. But um, otherwise, right. <laughs> I've I've got him in pretty much pretty much every other opportunity. So, um, okay, great. Well, uh, on the on the Buffalo side, um, last week at this time, I, I'm pretty sure we just you know, uh, Curly of course sat in for Daniel last week when you were out. But I think we just skipped over the Buffalo Bills last week, and <laughs> shame on us. I mean, I, I need to like, I, I I mean, I'm I'm sure Josh Allen and and Shady McCoy are listening in, so I have to. I have to uh, officially apologize um, for being rude and not giving them any respect. And they certainly came out and took it to the Vikings. Um, That being said, uh, I don't think that happens this week per se. Um, But uh, Josh, Josh Allen, I think is, uh, is, is kind of, you know, he's very young, obviously. So I'm not going to get crazy, but um, 
he could see himself as a steady quarterback too, maybe, um, you know, moving through the rest of the season here with limited weapons. If they can get this guy, somebody to, to actually like be an athlete on their team outside of um, a beat up LaShawn McCoy, he might have a chance, but uh, Josh Allen is, is a long shot. I think the only one on here that anybody's actually thinking about is LaShawn McCoy, who is uh, battling still his rib cartilage issue. Um, so we'll see if he if he actually you know plays. It looks like he's on pace too. But if he does not, then um, you know both Chris Ivory and uh, Marcus Murphy are set to uh, take over for Shady McCoy. And um, it's worth noting that uh, whichever running back is the number one running back for the Bills might be worth firing up this week, as the Packers defense has allowed nearly five yards per carry, uh, fourth most in the league. Um, to running backs. So not much to talk about here from the Bills overall, but uh, keep an eye and monitor on Shady McCoy. None of their receivers are worth a week-to-week option. And unless you're very, very desperate, Josh Allen is not quite ready yet either. So I would stay away from the Bills overall. Next up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off a, um, you know, kind of a near upset, I guess, uh, with with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Although I don't know if that would have been an upset because the Bucs have been on fire. Either way, uh, they came up short there. Um, uh, late in the game on Monday night, and they are heading into Chicago to face the Khalil Max. Yeah, my goodness. Yep. So, you know, this is an interesting – leave you to talk about the Bucks and their prospects on offense. We'll see how that goes. Um, I'll go ahead and talk about the Bears. Um, two players that I love going into this week are uh, – start with, with Allen Robinson, um, who's once again uh, seems to be kind of a cursed receiver, continuing to have quarterback um just 60 basically 60 percent of his targets have actually been catchable passes but he does command a ton of targets i mean over nine targets per game um and this week going against a secondary that has allowed the most fantasy outs to start the season um and a touchdown to each wide receiver one that they've faced so uh alan robinson i think this is maybe a good week for him to, to truly get it going uh similar situation with trey burton coming off his best game of the season uh and defense in the league to, to allow top 12 tight end in each of the first three weeks. So um, I would be deploying both of those guys this week. Um, this will be an interesting game. No, I won't necessarily say that he's fantasy relevant, but I think this will be an interesting game for Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky, who's been an absolute mess so far. But, um, you know, if, if he's not a streaming candidate at home against the most pathetic passing defense in the league, this is the end of Trubisky as a, as a truly viable uh, NFL quarterback, at least this year. I'm not ready to write him off forever, but um, he, if he can't make some fantasy relevance this week, he's in some serious trouble. Um, one kind of I'll show as kind of a, another sort of deep league flyer this week is Taylor Gabriel, who um, has uh, had an increase in targets each week uh, so far this season. And Anthony Headlined with a shoulder injury, um, and again uh, going against a defense that has been shredded by receivers this week. So, um, if you're looking, if you got a uh, you know a bunch of injuries and looking for sort of a, a flyer, Taylor Gabriel might be somebody to take a look at. Right, and it, and it looks like uh, and is, is Anthony Miller going to miss any time though? Because he came uh, back, I, he came back into that game. Um, he separated his right shoulder, I believe, and he actually came back into the game. Yeah, but I think – so he came back into the game and then I think ultimately left again okay, um, okay. and and was ultimately didn't return the second time. And last I heard, it seemed pretty unlikely. Okay. Uh, he sat today um, and uh, apparently his, left sh- his shoulder is dislocated. Um, based on what I'm seeing, it seems like it would be kind of surprising if he played. Okay. Um, but definitely 
situation to monitor uh, uh, over the course of the week. And I'm not, I'm not sure too many people are even talking about him. I just think about him right. because he's a, he's a great dynasty stash and um, oh, I've, yes. got him, I've got yeah. him on a lot of my deep, deep benches. So again, I'm not playing him. I don't think many people are playing him. It's more just like when you get an injury like that, that's the type of thing to linger throughout the season. And if anything were to happen to Allen Robinson, who of course missed, you know, um, all of last year, uh, he would kind of step into that, that role. So if he's not ready, that could be a hit. So just something to, to eye on there. Um, yep. On the, on the buck side, uh, you know, Fitz magic. I think you, I think you, you do it, man. I think you do it. I'm, I'm feeling it. Um, again, he threw three kind of uh, three picks early in that game last week, but two of them were not on him. Uh, one of them, a defensive lineman just made a hell of a play put his hands up to get in his face and he Fitzpatrick basically hit him right in the forehead. The ball bounced up in the, in the air and, and the linebacker intercepted it. The other one, I think uh, it was decided that Mike Evans just sort of ran the wrong route and um, Fitzpatrick just threw to a wide open receiver that was returned for six. The other one was kind of silly and on, on Fitzpatrick, but you know, he's, he's chucking it, man. Um, he, uh, you know, the, the bears defense is going to give him um, fits pun intended. Um, but they are, uh, they're certainly, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with him in the secondary if he is able to get a couple of these long bombs off that he's been making his money on. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and um, you know, as of now, he is uh, holding Jameis off. So I personally am sticking with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mike Evans, you're playing um, Deshaun Jackson, depending on your, your, situation at receiver he's a very volatile player now his numbers are unbelievable uh, already Deshaun Jackson is 12 for 312 and three touchdowns on just 14 targets though so Chris Godwin has out targeted targeted him by six um, I, I worry about John, uh, Deshaun Jackson of course he's gonna have his big games but I wouldn't be starting him unless you need to um, I would actually start Chris Godwin over Deshaun Jackson personally he had a huge game um, he was credited um uh, Chris Godwin was with uh, with uh, just that one touchdown, but he also had another, you know, two or three that he could have had as well. So he had a huge game there, and, and Fitzpatrick seems to love him. Also, O.J. Howard, um, I would fire him up. He's kind of boom or bust, but he's definitely um, more boom than bust right now with Fitzpatrick. And uh, Cameron Brait, I think you should keep on the bench, but he did catch a touchdown last week, so I'll do that. And uh, I don't even think it's worth um, our time here to talk about the running game for Tampa Bay. All I can say is um, – stash Ronald Jones on your bench yep. trade for him. Super light. Nobody's thinking of him. He's been a healthy scratch. Uh, it'll probably be four weeks in a row this week. Um, but uh, I believe they have a buy next week. Let me double check this. They do. They have a buy in week five. If Ronald Jones isn't playing week six, I would be shocked. So I would find Ronald Jones stash him on your bench and whether he's good or not, he had a terrible preseason, but we'll, we're going to have to find out because Peyton Barber and Jacquez Rogers are just not getting it done for the bucks. So I would go find Ronald Jones. Okay, next up, we have the Lions heading into Dallas. Um, the Lions uh, coming off of a, a very emotional victory over um, the New England Patriots. Uh, really a, a very impressive performance by Matt Patricia in his club um, and uh, over his uh, former boss, of course, Bill, Bill Belichick. Um, what, do you, what do you see here, man? Do you think, uh, you think the Cowboys defense can, can slow anybody down here? Uh, well, I we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you kind of talk about uh, Detroit's uh, offensive prospects. I, in general, I love their receivers. Um, little 
a, less, a little more concerned about uh, Matthew Stafford, but um, I'll, I'll go ahead and talk a, a little bit about Dallas uh, and just give a plug for Ezekiel Elliott again. Not that anybody needs me to tell them to play Ezekiel Elliott, but um, he's predictably a beast again this year. Has a home game, a home game against arguably the worst run defense in the league. So expect a particularly bonkers week out of Zeke um, and avoid literally every other single player. <laughs> <laughs> on the Dallas team, I would say, including the defense uh, and definitely Dak Prescott and the receiving core. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man. And um, there's there's much to talk about if we wanted to make it long with the Lions, but I think I can actually make it pretty short um, at this point. And, and, you know, cut me off if, if you disagree here, but at this point I'm starting all three receivers, no question, yep. for Detroit. Um, yep. You're firing up Matt Stafford. He's been great. Uh, I would even, you know, I think uh, on Johnson's a great – uh, running back two or flex if you need him. Theo Riddick, I think, is a risky play. He's going to get his numbers. Blunt's going to get their numbers, but I wouldn't be playing them in the, unless you need to later in the season with with buys and things. But um, you're firing up all the receivers. Uh, Kenny Galladay actually leads the team in fantasy points right now. Um, he's been absolutely out of his mind. Uh, but um, I, I mean, there's not much to talk about the Lions. They've been they've after after a very kind of uh, embarrassing. Um, upset against the Jets opening night, uh, even though they lost to the Niners the following week, that offense has definitely been, been clicking. So they look, um, they look really solid here. One thing I'll say really quickly about, about uh, uh, Matt Stafford though, just something to be aware of is that Dallas is actually somehow consistently screws up quarter quarterback to face them so far has been a QB 14 or lower. They haven't allowed a top 12 quarterback since last Thanksgiving is an interesting fact I've read. Um, And they just play these slow drawn out kind of dampening games that really can kind of, that's not to say that you should be deploying their defense. Their defense uh, I think has a number of concerns with it, but they sort of can uh, sometimes make life difficult for quarterbacks like Matt Stafford. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, so the Eagles head into uh, Tennessee, uh, trying to uh, trying to keep Wentz upright and unscathed. Uh, he looks pretty. He looked uh, pretty good in his um, in his uh, 2018 debut. Um, Eagles and Titans. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I'll let you take the Eagles. I, I, to be honest, I have nothing good to say about the Titans right now. Yeah, I don't I'm think I don't think I would. Play. I know that they've they've won some games somehow. Uh, but everybody in that offense has concerning uh, features going on with them. Uh, Mariota has been a disaster in many ways. His injury is, I think, a very major concern. Um, And because of that, I think all his receivers have concern as well. Corey Davis may be getting targets, but so many of them are just flat-out uncatchable. Um, Their running game is is a problem, I think, just in general. Until they get a quarterback on track, whether that's Mariota or whoever, um, I think everybody in that offense has just a remarkably low floor, and I would be avoiding pretty much everybody at this point. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, on the Philadelphia side, I think the only auto start um, – well, two, I guess. I mean, you're, you're firing up uh, Zach Ertz, uh, automatic for sure. Yes. Um, but I think, I think <clears throat> it was safe to say, you know, in his first game, Carson Wentz was 25 of 37, 255, a touchdown and a pick. Not, you know, gaudy numbers by any means, but certainly, uh, you know, quality – um, and I think he'll he'll just kind of hit his stride once he gets going here. So um, I would be firing up Wentz and Ertz. And uh, keep an eye on Nelson Aguilar. I said on Tuesday, I'm a little concerned um, with Nelson Aguilar with Carson Wentz versus with uh, Nick Foles. Uh, with the two games that Aguilar had with Nick Foles, he had eight receptions in each game. Um, with with uh, Carson Wentz, he had 
just four um, for just 24 yards. So keep an eye on that. Alshon Jeffrey is still out, which is good for Aguilar. But once Jeffrey comes back, we saw last year that they really had a, a, a nice match. Um, and the running back situation is really cloudy here. Uh, looks like Sproles and Ajayi are kind of day-to-day as, as we speak now on Thursday. So keep an eye on that. But um, it looks like both these guys could – you know, either play or miss, which I know is vague and, and terrible fantasy advice, but that's kind of true. I would just keep an eye on this right now because they could both miss again. And if they do, Corey Clement could be um, another option. And keep an eye on Wendell Smallwood. Uh, yeah. Sneaky, sneaky last week. Um, everybody started Corey Clement, and uh, Wendell Smallwood came in for 10 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown and another three catches for 35 yards. So keep an eye on Smallwood there. Um, Dallas Goddard is a very, a very deep stash for now, but uh, certainly a monster dude. Holy shit. <laughs> that dude, yep. that dude is huge. Anything happens to Ertz, yep. he's, he's going to be the, he's, he will be the number one, he will be the number one waiver pickup. So um, I, I think it's, you know, fly Eagles fly here. I think, uh, I think they stomp on, on the, uh, the Titans all, all around here, offense and defense personally with yep. the next game here, the Houston Texans are looking for their first win still against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, what do you what do you think here? We got Deshaun Deshaun and uh, and Andrew Luck here, two quarterbacks that that uh, are coming off of pretty major injuries. Yep. Well, I, I'm I'm actually liking both offenses in this game in in, in many respects. Uh, I'll take I'll take the Texans. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson and Lamar Miller are kind of business as usual. You get them in there. Both haven't exactly been lighting the world on, world on oh, fire. Lamar Miller have- though, dude. I always I always feel like I kind of. I kind of like lose my lunch a little bit when I actually yeah. keep him in my lineup. Right. Oh, I know. He's, I mean, he's, he's ugly, you know, you know, but he, he's, he's never going to make it pretty. Uh, he's going to be wildly inefficient, but uh, you know, the bottom line, he's a lock for touches. And that's really the big thing in fantasy is he's going to get at least 15 touches per game. The Colts have a lousy uh, run defense, lousy, everything defense really. Um so I, I think I'm getting both Watson and Miller in, even though I'm not necessarily in love with either of those players. I am right now in love with the uh, Texans receiving core, especially against um, uh, uh, a really lousy Colts uh, secondary. Will Fuller, um, I think, is somebody who's, who's scored now um, in all six of his games with Watson as quarterback, um, and he's gone over 100 yards in three straight. Uh, he's got at least five catches. So he's somebody I'm really excited about right now. Finally seems to be healthy and living up to that massive potential. Nuck Hopkins, uh, of course, you know, he's a target monster. He's an uh, absolute machine and he's going to absolutely unload, I think, on the Colts this year. Even though the Colts have uh, posted decent numbers against opposing wideouts, um, I think, uh, you know, they don't, the teams that they've played thus far haven't had the same types of passing games, same types of receiving talent as these guys do. So I, I'm firing up the Texans offense, I would say overall. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Like I said, Lamar Miller makes me kind of sick when I have to start him, but I do have him in one <laughs> of my leagues and he is one of those guys that like he's, you know, he'll have a random game where he gets, you know, 15 touches for 125 yards and two scores. Uh, but I'm still waiting for it. So we'll see what happens. Um, yep. But yeah, the receivers, the receivers are beastie. Um, and <clears throat> on the cold side, uh, you're firing up T.Y. Hilton because you just pretty much have to because when he has a T.Y. Hilton game, you're going to probably win your week. Um, but we are yet to see that. Uh, I know you've been a T.Y. Hilton guy uh, here and Andrew Luck, but, um, you know, T.Y. scored in the first two games, but his stat lines, he has he doesn't have any more than um, 83 yards in a, in a game this year. So as a number one receiver, you'd, you'd expect more there. Andrew Luck, um, 
has uh, been pretty uh, pretty pedestrian in the last two games. His first game was decent, but his last two games, he has a total of 343 yards in his last two games. So um, a little bit sketch there. Of course, I haven't been on Andrew Luck all season. Um, and in the preseason, too, I just haven't seen it yet. Looks like he's still not throwing very deep down the field, so I'm concerned about that. Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle are questionable this week, so keep an eye on them. If they both sit, um, it looks like Eric Swoop would be the tight end. Um, and I just, I'm not going to pretend like I know a bunch of about Eric I, Swoop. I, I, uh, but, but, but what I, what I would say is he is like the last ditch effort and Andrew Luck does like to throw the tight end. So he might be a super deep option if you have to go that way. Um, and I would stay away from uh, the rest of the receiving core here. And I would stay away from uh, the running backs at this point. Uh, Marlon Mack seems to be coming back pretty soon. Uh, questionable again this week, but Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines are kind of eating each other at this point. So um, honestly, I don't think there's any automatics outside of T.Y. Hilton, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. We have we have the uh, Miami Dolphins heading into Foxborough, trying to uh, sh- continue to shock the world, really. And um, dude... New England, the whole region of New England is going to catch fire if somehow the Dolphins pull off this victory. Yeah, man. I, the <laughs> Dolphins, I think, are the team, and, and rightfully so, that everyone's kind of talking about right now, them and, and, and uh, Cleveland and, and obviously Buffalo with their surprise win last week. But, uh, but yeah, no, I think, the, I think unlike those other two teams, I think Miami is the real deal this year, um, and I think they're going to keep putting up impressive impressive games although i don't necessarily think they beat new england this week um in terms of their fantasy prospects uh i'm firing up Kenyon drake uh he hasn't exa- you know their running game in general has been sort of weird um this year uh and it's you know he's still probably gonna you know as uh as long as he's healthy gonna be the lead dog over there new england has been utterly atrocious this year against running backs while facing teams without good running backs. Um, they face the Texans, uh, the Jaguars without Leonard Fournette and Detroit to begin the season. And they've gotten sh- uh, shredded. So I would be uh, deploying Kenyon Drake this week. Tannehill, uh, you know, he's another one of these guys who get, gets the job done. I think he's somebody to put in. Uh, that's just a good way to cover the Miami offense in general, um, because he is going to be, uh, you know, going to be making things happen i think against new england this week uh their receivers are a little tricky just because they're so unpredictable with kenny stills um uh, probably being the most likely target uh, player for targets um but we'll, we'll see how it goes in general it's a little bit sort of an iffy iffy situation over there as kind of a flyer i know that um everybody's uh everybody's kind of all on board with uh with uh albert wilson right now given the game that he just had I'm not necessarily ready to, to go all in on him just yet. As sort of a deep league flyer, if you need somebody, um, I kind of like Jakeem Grant. Um, I think he sort of uh, as kind of reminds me of like Ty- what Tyreek Hill was a few a couple of years ago. Um, uh, generally speaking, this is sort of a, a, a game that's going to feature a lot of passing volume. Um, and he, uh, you know, he's somebody that might end up being a dart throw for some big time upside. So somebody to keep in mind if you're desperate for a, a deep receiver this week, this week. Sure. And shout out to my boy, Albert Wilson, bro. Like you I see know. a little, you see a little, see a little tap pass there for 52 yard touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I'm not ready to go all in on him. <laughs> just yet, but, but I, I, I'm, I'm all in on his talent. I'm not all in on his targets. We'll see, but fair enough. Well, in new England, um, 
I would make a case, and I have been a super Tom Brady lover for many, many years. He has he has taken me to the promised land uh, many years over in fantasy football. Although I don't think he's done. Everyone needs to relax. Um, he's not he's not Peyton Manning, uh, and you know, and his last year. However, his team in general is looking shaky at best. So I'm a little bit worried about Tom. And frankly, uh, I know that uh, one of the guys in our league has um, Tom Brady, and I believe it's Jared Goff. Um, this week, I wouldn't be playing golf against uh, Minnesota. However, in general, that's almost a toss-up at this point. I don't think Tom Brady isn't automatic necessarily. That said, I think this week he is automatic. He's at home. He's pissed. The whole team's pissed. They're playing a divisional rival. They do not lose to the Dolphins. They can't lose to the Dolphins. Uh, I actually think the Dolphins win this game, but... I think Tom Brady comes out and at least gives it his best effort. Um, they're going to be without Rex Burkhead, unfortunately, though, um, as we've uh, mentioned that he's on the IR. I just looked a little bit deeper into this, though, and I, I just I wasn't sure this was this was reported fully. I think it came out after the episode that it looks like Rex Burkhead is week to week, technically, is what they're calling it. So he's not out for the season yet. It is a neck injury, though, which I think will just eventually become out for the season. However. Just I'm mentioning this because for fantasy purposes, I'm going to say that you should you can drop Rex Burkhead. The reason I say that is he's week to week on paper, but if you look deeper, he's on injured reserve, which means he has to be out seven weeks minimum. So that right. takes us all the way to week 11, but they have a bye in week 11. So he's not even eligible to return until week 12. If you're doing your fantasy leagues correctly, that um, the week 13 – is the first week back um, uh, for, for Rex Burkhead, and that's going to be the fantasy playoffs, and they play the Minnesota Vikings. So all that being said, I don't think you can hold on to Rex Burkhead unless you're in a keeper league um, to wait that out. So started to digress on Rex Burkhead. It won't even be playing maybe anymore this season, but just something to note there if you need a roster yep. spot. Moving forward, Rob Gronkowski um, has been not quite uh, Gronk-esque yet, but you you don't sit Rob Gronkowski. Um James White, I think, is a, a shot in the dark. Uh, you know, he's going to get his uh, his random, um, you know, four-yard reception touchdown, but not much otherwise. Uh, Chris Hogan, I think, is a nice flyer this week. Um, Josh Gordon, uh, we'll see. Do you have a Do you have a current update on on Josh Gordon here? Uh, I mean, he's as far as I know, he's supposed to be kind of making his his big debut this week. Uh, so probably I hear, limited so. though, right? I would I, imagine I he's going to be. He's not somebody I'd be overly thrilled about deploying this week, but. Um, but if you manage to grab him in your league, do not let go because he is going to be the man. Over. I, well, to be fair, Julian Edelman is going to be coming back. Yeah. Uh, what next week, right? Um, yes, I believe so. So that's may, may eat, into, eat into his targets a little bit. But I think he is going to undoubtedly be their deep man. Uh, yeah. Going, I think he should have a big role over there. So but, cool. Uh, deploy him this week. Cool. And also deploying Sony Michelle. I think Sony Michelle uh, has a breakout party either this week or very soon. So uh, go get Sony Michelle, fire him up. Um, and, uh, you know, again, Julian Edelman is coming back shortly. So this whole offense, I think, will will get a rise once he comes back and Josh Gordon is in the place and Sony Michelle gets his feet set. I think everyone needs to just be patient with the Patriots here. They do this all the time in September. They start slow. October hits, it gets cold, we hit the holidays, playoffs come around, and the Patriots are a number one or two seed. So I think everybody should just relax on the Patriots overall. Moving on, we have the Jets and the Jags. Yeah, I'll take the Jets and I'll make it quick. Stay away from pretty much everybody over there um, at this point. Uh, (laughs) The one thing thing I will say 
is I'll make a plug for, uh, for Bilal Powell really quick. Um, I think he's the guy, the running back to own over there. I think I know Crowell has the better fantasy numbers so far, but he's just been living on touchdown production. He's had only 90 total yards the past two weeks. Um, and one cool thing to note about Bilal Powell is not only has he outproduced Crowell in terms of yards by a lot uh, on fewer touches, I might add, but he also doesn't – He uh, uh, unlike Crowell, he's not going to get uh, kind of run from the game by, by uh, script um, because of his versatility in terms of both rushing and pass catching. He's going to be in there regardless of what the score is. Um, so I'm actually deploying him as kind of a, a, a sort of uh, – a deep option kind of sw- kind of swing type player uh, this week uh, when I while I have another player on by um, and I think he's somebody to to be looking at in general going forward as potentially uh, becoming the main main guy over there. Right, cool, and I'll keep it quick on the Jacksonville side as well. Um, I think you fire up Keelan Cole; he's the number one receiver there, looking good. And it looks like Leonard Fournette is on track as of now to play this week. Um, worth noting that T.J. Yeldon actually missed practice, um, so he's not necessarily the automatic backup there. I think Corey Grant would be if, say, Fournette and uh, T.J. Yeldon missed time, then Corey Grant would get the would get the work. But outside of those two guys, um, I'm sticking away from the uh, Jacksonville offense and uh you know we don't have to tell you to start their defense um moving on we have the browns and the raiders uh what do you think you think uh man this could be this could be interesting man you think that you think the baker baker train cruises or you think it halts in in the black hole there uh i think i think he halts uh that's my personal opinion um i'll I'm, i'm happy to sort of go back and forth on mayfield a bit um i'll go ahead and talk about the raiders really quick and then we can talk about uh, the Baker Mayfield show over there, but, um, but yeah, I think uh, in general, Mari Cooper is the, is, is maybe one of the biggest roller coasters in football right now. Uh, but in general, Cleveland has gotten pretty shredded by, by uh, wide receivers over the first three weeks. So he's somebody I would be playing this week. Same thing with Marshawn Lynch, um, uh, you know, uh, just in general, uh, a relatively solid, stable, consistent running back that I'm deploying. Um I'm staying away from Derek Carr. I think he's due for an uptick in touchdowns, but uh, but in general, the uh, the Browns uh, have have uh, been been kind of doing a pretty good job of keeping quarterbacks in check. Um, so I would stay away from Carr. I'd stay away from Jordy Nelson, um, and I would stay away from Jared Cook after that massive week one. He's gone back to being Jared Cook. Um, so so I'd be staying away from all those guys. Pretty much anybody on the Raiders who's not Amari Cooper or Marshawn Lynch. That's my take. Yeah, my my quick thing is um, I'm just I mentioned on Tuesday I want nothing to do with Amari Cooper. I don't have him on any of my, any of my teams, yeah. um, and that's definitely on purpose. Uh, but I will say that Denzel Ward, the uh, rookie cornerback for the Browns, has been awesome, dude. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. he's he did a very very good job against Antonio Brown in the first game of the season. He's played very very well. So if he if Amari Cooper pulls Denzel Ward. Amari's going to have a dud. I'm telling you right now, he might get away. He might get away for one big catch or whatever, a touchdown or something. But overall, I don't, I don't think he's going to have a huge game. That's just kind of my take, uh, my take on Oakland there. Um, for the Browns, uh, I am all, I'm all about the uh, Baker hype train. I actually took him in our league of record with my last pick as a potential uh, 17, 17th round keeper choice for next year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that potentially um, coming to fruition if I need it. 
And for the rest of the Browns offense, I mean, you know, Carlos Hyde, you're playing Jar- Jarvis Landry, you're playing Antonio Callaway is interesting. Um, David and Joku, and Joku, I think is going to get an uptick with Baker for sure. Uh, your boy Duke Johnson, I think will actually be much better with Baker. Um, and I know you've, you've been frustrated with him because you like to have those uh, kind of middle round PPR backs um, and he just hasn't been doing it, but I think he will. So I, I, I you know, suggest you just kind of hold tight for another couple of weeks on him. Um, but in general, I think this entire offense gets an uptick with, uh, with Baker. And um, I think, uh, I think, you know, it'll, it, we'll see what happens. I mean, Oakland is not the easiest place to play. It is uh, Baker's first road test. So we'll see what actually happens here in this game, but this could definitely be interesting. And I'll tell you what, if, if Baker goes on the road and takes it to the, to the Raiders, although they're not amazing, but if he does, Oof, this league's this league's going to be pumped. Yep, yeah. No, I think it's definitely this week is going to be fairly pivotal for him, I think, uh, to see if he can sort of uh, live up to the hype a little bit. I, I think the one thing I will say about Baker that I like is I do think he has a relatively high floor just given his mobility. Um, but there's a number of just solid quarterbacks to be to be had this week, sure, I think. Um, sure, sure. Really a good, good week for sort of streaming quarterbacks. Um with uh you know andy dalton kind of has a tasty matchup uh you know matt ryan uh uh matt uh, matthew stafford russell wilson all faith uh kind of having impressive matchups even uh case keenum um so that's part of what dude ryan Tannehill is another one yes ryan Tannehill, another another uh amazingly solid option uh as well um so and even mitch trubisky uh against against tampa bay um so, you know, he's not somebody I'm enamored with this week, but of course I like his upside going forward. And again, I think his legs do give him something of a, of a high floor too. Sure. Um, moving on, uh, Seattle Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals, uh, they're basically battling for the seller in the NFC West. Yeah, it's going to be going to be an unfortunate uh, ride uh, with them. Yeah, uh, I'll go ahead and take uh, Arizona. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you, you know, you got to – I feel like you got to play, uh, uh, you know, their, their top guys when you have them, but I have no hope for pretty much anybody in that offense coming into this week. Uh, I would not, I don't, you know, read anything into Josh Rosen. He's not going to be ready to be a fantasy performer yet. Uh, Larry, all of the receivers I think are complete unknowns with sort of the, such a rapid change in quarterback. And it's not entirely sure how things are going to shake down. I have Larry Fitzgerald and I'm, in one of my leagues and I'm playing him cause I don't really have any other options, but I'm not, and I'm not really thrilled with that this week. Um, Christian Kirk is maybe worth, worth, worth a speculative ad if he's available in your league. Um, it seems to be, uh, he was Josh Rosen's favorite target in the preseason. Uh, so maybe he's somebody to think about. Um, but I'm, I'm scared of, of him and, and pretty much everybody else in the offense, David Johnson included, um, who just, it's not entirely clear really what's going to happen. Uh, and, and obviously their offense has been atrocious so far. So I'm staying away from pretty much everybody over there. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man. And honestly, if you have somebody like, say you've got David Johnson the first round and you picked up maybe I'm just, you know, thinking maybe like a Carlos Hyde and like a carry on Johnson or something, I would yeah. almost start both of those guys over David Johnson or yeah. like a Marshawn Lynch, Yeah, you know, and again, this is one of those, it's not David Johnson. It's, it's, you know, of course it's, not. it's, it's, it's one of those classic Costanza cases where it's not, it's not him. It's them. You know what I'm saying? Like he invented, <laughs> it's not him. It's them. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Yeah. So I think, I think Larry Fitzgerald knows at least a little bit about what that's about. <laughs> I've had to deal with uh, unbelievably bad quarterback play for a couple of years in a row now. 
Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Well, on the Seattle side, uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit kind of a, the same story. I mean, uh, you know, if you have Russell Wilson, he's your number one quarterback, you're firing him up. Um, I'm not a Chris Carson believer. I think he's a good running back. I think he's definitely better than Rashad Penny. I just think that their, their, their offensive line is, is not good. Um, and 32 carries for a hundred yards is only three yards a carry. I'm not, I'm not really feeling that. Um, and I'm concerned. Uh, Tyler Lockett, again, boom or bust, not really feeling it. Uh, he scored in each of his three games, but um, I just don't see the consistency there. Doug Baldwin is still nowhere to be seen, although uh, griping to the coaches on the sideline, which is not really a good sign as though he's not even playing. Um, keep an eye on, on you know, maybe Brandon Marshall for, for future just in case, you know, uh, just because he looks, he looks pretty good out there when he actually gets the ball. But Again, not really feeling it. And, uh, you know, Disley finally came back to earth. So you're not you're not firing that up. Um, although I will say, and I've actually picked him up to stream in uh, two of my leagues this week, um, the Seattle defense, I think, uh, could be a strong play here, uh, even on the road, but against um, Josh Rosen in his uh, first start there. So keep it on the Seattle defense. I don't think we've been able to play the Seattle defense here in the first couple of weeks since they are certainly not the uh, Legion of Boom anymore. But, um, you know, before uh, – before Earl Thomas gets traded to the Cowboys, um, you can play the uh, Seattle Seahawks here. A couple, couple games left here on the slate as uh, we're getting tight on our episode here, so we'll, we'll speed this up a little bit. But um, we've got the Saints uh, going into uh, to New York to place um, to, uh, to uh, face the Giants. Um, I think this one could potentially get out of hand in a hurry. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I'm taking pretty much everybody on the Saints, uh, in particular Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. No surprise there. Um, I think they're gonna. They've been having monster games, and I think they're gonna have monster monster games uh, this week. Uh, Drew Brees, obviously, you're playing him. He's gonna be a QB one. I will say that he has, in general, over the past few years, done uh, substantially worse in outdoor games. Um, so I don't know if he's gonna put up the you know 45 fantasy points or whatever he did in our league this past week yeah 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 um, but nevertheless of course you know he's true breeze he's in there um one player that i've heard talked about as a, as a potential streaming target is again i would put the pump the brakes on that i actually have him in one of my leagues but i'm not putting him in um his receptions and yardage have dropped in each game uh in general uh he's not somebody uh in that offense that i'm overly excited about um a deep kind of waiver wire guy to keep an eye on if you're in need of a tight end this week is ben watson um, who's actually been a, a surprisingly a top 12 tight end in two of the first three weeks. Um, uh, you know, somebody to potentially t- take a flyer on if you have a bye week or, or if uh, you're a Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron owner or somebody and mm-hmm. everybody's, uh, you know, take a, take a flyer on Ben Watson. Yeah, I'm with it, man. I like Ben Watson. He looked, he actually looks pretty good. I mean, he's what, 37, I think, Six. literally. Something yeah, like um, but he uh, he actually looks good, and, and him and Drew Brees have rapport from uh, many years ago. So yeah, the, the Saints' offense is is insane. Um, yeah. On the uh, on the New York side, uh, Saquon Odell automatic. Um, Eli has actually been playing decently well, and I pride myself on on hating on Eli Manning. But um, last week, I believe he was twenty five of twenty nine for almost three hundred yards and a touchdown. So he's yet to throw three hundred yards, but he's also only thrown one interception this year. So he's been he's been uh, pretty solid, and that, that offensive line has been destroyed a couple different times. So when he's actually able to set himself up, he might have a bigger game. But uh, Saquon and Odell are automatic. Um, Evan Ingram, of course, is out a couple of weeks, so you can take a look at Rhett Ellison if you're desperate. But I'm not necessarily feeling that. Um, 
Now, that being said, um, Brett Ellison did catch a touchdown last week. So, you know, Eli does like the tight end. And my actually kind of like my big star here in this game actually is Sterling Shepard, um, yep. who who uh, who last week actually set um, season highs in receptions, yards and receiving average. Excuse me. And he got a seven yard touchdown as well um, once uh, Evan Ingram left the field. So. Uh, I think Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard kind of play a very similar role on the team. So when one of them's out, the other one does very well. And we saw Evan Ingram go bananas last year when Odell was out and Sterling Shepard was out. I think it's going to be a, a role reversal here for the next couple of weeks. I really believe that uh, Sterling Shepard is going to eat over the middle part of that field there. So um, I think he's kind of a, a flex position that could straight up, you know, put up some really, really quality numbers. And we've seen him, uh, be very athletic. So I like Sterling Shepard. Um, and, uh, you know, outside of that, I think you're, you know, you're, you're, you're starting your studs on the giants and, and sticking away from, from the rest of the team there. Um, this one, uh, this one hopefully isn't as ugly as, as we think it's going to be. Um, the 40, <laughs> the 49ers are uh, heading South to Los Angeles to take on uh, the chargers. And of course the 49ers are without Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the season. Well, I'll take on uh, my beleaguered 49ers. Um, the one player I'll really make a plug for for over here, I think, is maybe the one guy who I think could benefit from from uh, CJ Bathard taking over under center, and that's Matt Breida, um, who I has done quite well the last two weeks, just in general. Um, he's had uh, 159 and 117 yards for scrimmage the past two weeks, um, and it's worth noting that literally no quarterback last year targeted running backs at a higher rate than CJ. And I know he, uh, Brita shares passing game duties a little bit with, uh, what's Kyle's, how do you pronounce his last? Uh, use, use check, I believe. Use check, Kyle, use check. Thanks. Um, but nevertheless, I think, I think, uh, Brita is going to be a very direct beneficiary of Bathard taking over under center. He's going to very clearly, I think, be the focal point of that offense going forward. So he's somebody to take a, maybe take a look at. Other than that, I'm avoiding pretty much everybody else in that offense. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and uh, as as we're talking about pronunciations, I think it's actually C.J. Bethard. Is it Bethard? I, I believe I believe so. We can fact check that because I want to make sure we, we get our our Niners proper. But I do believe it is C.J. Bethard. Okay, I think you bad. said yeah, Bethard. Uh, but either way, um, oh, I digress. No worries. Uh, the um, Chargers uh, are on fire um, offensively. They are. A machine. Um, Melvin Gordon, you're starting. Philip Rivers, you're starting. Keenan Allen has been slow, but you're starting him. Um, I think the uh, I think the Richard Shermanless, um, although he hasn't been very impressive anyway. I was actually pretty disappointed when we made that move in the off season, but that's for another time. Um, but uh, Keenan Allen, I think, gets a recovery game here against the uh, the Niners. Um, and dude, my dog, Mike Williams. Fire him up. Mike Williams is an absolute beast. This fool is huge. He's healthy. He catches touchdowns. And if Keenan Allen goes down at all, he is going to be a massive wide receiver one. I love Mike Williams. Fire him up. Um, there was an Antonio Gates sighting last week. Uh, although <laughs> although I don't I don't think you're firing him up, but he was three for forty five, so it was good to see him out there. Um 
but otherwise, you know, you're, you're, you're starting your studs again, you know, with, uh, with these guys. Also the uh, chargers defense hasn't been what I think everybody thought they were going to be with Bosa out. However, I think um, you can fire them up this week against, uh, against the 49ers. So if you've been sitting on the chargers, I think this might be a better game for them at home. Two games left. Uh, we'll start Sunday night in Pittsburgh as the Ravens come in um, for a, uh, their annual slugfest on Sunday night football. Yeah, uh, I'm firing up. I'll take the Steelers, and I'm everybody up for this one. Um, ben Roethlisberger has shown just how ridiculous he still can be over the first few games. Uh, uh, Antonio Brown has been quiet to start the season despite a couple touchdowns. His, his average per catch has been down. Um, but uh, I think he's he's shown over the years in all of the, the uh, Pittsburgh's matchups with Baltimore just how the extent to which he gives their secondary fits. Um and I think uh, I think uh, it's it's reasonable to assume that he could be in for that big kind of breakout game this week. Juju's been a beast. Continue to to throw him out there. Um, James Conner has had uh, has has kind of come back down to earth his past couple games. Uh, rushed just twenty three times for seventy eight yards, but he does have a uh, generate a bunch of receptions as well. So he maintains a relatively high floor. Throw him out there as well. Uh, yeah, so I'm loving uh, Pittsburgh's offense. Yeah, man. I, you know, me too. Me too. Juju is, is the real deal most certainly. And, uh, you know, you mentioned AB has started slowly. Uh, Antonio Brown's numbers being slow are still better than about 85% of the wide receivers in the league. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about Antonio Brown, but uh, you are correct. He has been not Antonio Brown-esque as of yet. On the Ravens side, um, I gotta be honest, man. I don't think there's any automatics here in this game. Um, I think there's a lot of good plays. I think John Brown's a good play. I think Michael Crabtree's a good play. Um, I'm a big Alex Collins guy, but I think this particular week with the game, uh, the game flow, I think this is actually a Buck Allen game. Um, just because I think that, you know, I think that the, the Ravens or I think the Steelers get up early in this game and the Ravens kind of have to play catch up the whole game, in which case, um, Flacco is going to be throwing bombs to John Brown and he's going to be checking it down to Buck Allen. So I, you know, I just, Alex Collins has been getting sniped week in and week out anyway. Um, but I think Buck Allen could actually have a, a legit stat line this week. So I'm actually going to sit Alex Collins in one of my leagues. Um, I believe uh, for Sony Michelle, actually, I think is what I'm doing. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, you know, as far as the rest of the Ravens, um, I would sit tight on everybody. One thing to note is uh, Hayden Hurst is um, probably not playing this week, although I think he's, you know, they're talking that he may or may not be eligible. I don't think he's going to play this week, but he might be fired up in the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye on Hayden Hurst. I still expect big things from him. And the last game of the season, or excuse me, the last game of the week, Monday Night Football, um, Patrick Mahomes uh, brings in the Chiefs to face uh, – what would it be? The Case Keenum-led Broncos? Like oh, a, uh, well, a, a, Emmanuel Sanders-led Broncos? Like, what do we want to do here? Maybe Von Miller. The Von Miller-led Broncos. I yeah, we can, I think we can safely fall back on Von Miller. Um, I don't think we can <laughs> say the Philip Lindsay-led uh, Broncos yet. Um, well, no, man. Yeah, I, mean, he, I, you know, he got thrown out for punching people, so we can't give him credit. That's true. Yeah, so we got to – we can't – you know, he's a disruptive force. We can't, we can't make him the face of the team just yet. But um, – 
I'm, this game is it could be a freaking shootout. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, I'm loving both offenses. I'm particularly loving Denver's passing offense. I would be queuing up Case Keenum as a streamer this, this week. Um, the Chiefs have been a fascinating team this year because they've been probably the best offense. And I think a case could be made that they've been the worst defense, yeah. um, allowing a ton of passing yards uh, in particular. Um, so Case, Ke- case Keenum is making for a pretty good streamer this week. Manuel Sanders has come back to remind everybody that he's still good. Um, incredibly good, I might add. Um, so he's definitely somebody to throw in. And Demarius Thomas has fewer yards than Sanders does, but has more targets. So he's somebody that I think, uh, you know, w- given the potential opportunity that's going to happen in this game, I would be deploying all those guys uh, for sure. Um, the running game, I'm a little less excited about. Uh, just in general, I'm still, even though Philip Lindsay has kind of um, uh, emerged as the lead dog, uh, you know, he's still... Um, is lacking goal line and receiving opportunities. Royce Freeman has been kind of vulturing touchdowns. So even he's somebody you could play in as sort of a, 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 a desperation flex. Um, but, uh, but nevertheless, that offense is amazing. A one deep league kind of a flyer that I'd like to talk about is Cortland Sutton, who I love in general. Mm-hmm. Um, he has only five catches to start the season, but he's averaging a ton of pass routes um, in uh, each game. Um, and especially in this particular game, if it reaches the level of kind of offensive intensity that it can, uh, Cortland Sutton may be somebody to take a flyer on uh, as an interesting opportunity. Sure. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree. This one is is kind of a you know start start everybody. Uh, Mahomes obviously, um, Tyreek Hill, uh, Kelsey Watkins. Um, be patient with Kareem Hunt. Uh, he'll he'll be fine eventually, I think. Um, as the game scripts, as the, as the game scripts start to change and Mahomes. Okay. So one thing I think is to note, um, I believe it was the first game, uh, Mahomes had two little, those little like baby, like forward Brett Favre pitch passes that everybody's doing these days. Two of those were taken to the house where Kareem Hunt could have not easily, like, I don't even know if he would have scored, but like they were with it, they were in the red zone. And they did those little plays that scored versus like hand the ball off to Kareem Hunt instead. So, you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of give or take. We'll see. Um, as as far as Mahomes, I mean, there's not much I'm going to say that nobody else has said already. So I'll just I'll leave leave his uh, his fire um, where it may be. However, I do want to throw out just kind of a random uh, note about uh, Mahomes. He actually just became the first quarterback drafted by the Chiefs to win a home game in Arrowhead since Todd Blackledge in 1987. Wow. So that, that, that goes to say that all the, all the pretty solid uh, quarterbacks they've had over the years have not actually been their own. Um, they've, they've been, they've been bringing them in. Uh, also one of those quarterbacks would be Joe Montana. Um, but you know, I would see, I would say you're firing everybody up. This one could get, could get really, really crazy. Although, um, Denver's defense, man, they're not what they used to be in the secondary, of course, with uh, Talib Kweli out. But um, Talib Kweli, excellent hip hop, uh, hip hop <laughs> artist. Um, who, he Come does. On, he One of the one of the classic hip hop. I, I agree. And and sorry, we have to digress now. Um, what makes them so amazing? Of course, most deaf and Talib Kweli, Black Star. Um, what makes that so great is that they only did one album. I know. And it was like just it, it was just a straight just a straight mic drop album that was one of the best hip hop albums of all time and they only did one. Okay, let's circle back. Um so uh Akib Talib is actually who plays for the Broncos or used to. Uh and um he is now in uh in uh, Los Angeles of course. Um unfortunately battling some injuries but um that that uh that 
defensive line is still nasty. And Patrick Mahomes has not faced a defensive line close to the Broncos yet. And I would be – I'm interested to see what happens to him in the limelight, Monday night football, against a, a, a aggressive pass rush. Um, you know, the, the Broncos can put up points too. Um, so we'll see what happens there. If maybe he's playing for behind for the first time or, you know, they're, they're actually battling it and he gets some pressure – We'll see if Mahomes actually throws a couple picks this game, man. Um, I think he'll get his touchdowns because that's just what he does. But he has yet to throw a touchdown, man. This kid's insane. Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, he's 13, 13 touchdowns um, and no interceptions. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, I could see this being more of like a, you know, two touchdowns, two interceptions type game. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. But you're, you're firing everybody else up for the Chiefs on Monday night football. Boom. Well, that'll do it. And uh, for the week four um, look ahead on all the NFL games and their fantasy implications. Uh, please do remember to email your start sit and keep trade cut questions to the email address tckpod at gmail.com and DM us on Instagram at the candlestick kids with the hashtag tckpod and make sure you follow our Instagram stories throughout the weekend for game day updates and uh, we will be joined tomorrow by Curly for the uh, NFL picks and our fantasy team check-ins so we wish you luck in week four and for daniel stancato i am sky guasco and we are for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.